We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi there. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Monday, October 2nd. Yes, this October, which means we're going to be talking playoff baseball. My name is Chris Crawford. I am joined by my good buddy, Ryan Boyer. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm, these these people probably thought they were going to get rid of us with the regular <laughs> season being over, but we waited all of, well, we didn't have our normal Sunday, Sunday show. Sure. As we had had been having during the season, but first day of the quote-unquote off-season and one day before the playoffs begin, we are back, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're, you're there's forced, nothing you can do about it. forced to listen. You, we yes. are going to pin you down <laughs> and stick AirPods in those ears of yours. Yep, you're, you're stuck with us. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we're refreshed now too, so that'll be uh, that'll make us just even more intolerable. No, we're pretty great at this. Uh, Ryan, we had talked. Uh, I'll take you behind the scenes. Uh, we aren't going to talk about any headlines, but something happened like five minutes before we started recording. Uh, it was just announced that Phil Nevin will not return as the Angels manager. Who in the heck is going to want that job? Well, I mean, if you go by the, there are only 30 of these, you know, yeah, in the whole world mantra, then somebody's going to take it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it probably depends a lot on what they wind up doing, but that's, yeah, that's certainly not a situation that a manager is going to be eager to jump into, at least uh, on the, on the surface, but I guess Perry Manassi and the GM, his status is still kind of up in the air. A lot of things up in the air with the Angels right now. Right. Seemingly yeah. uh, every year and currently. It's uh, it's something. By the way, you know what you got to do? You got to tell Shohei Otani, you pick. You are absolutely able to say whoever the heck you want to manage this team. And even if he doesn't sign there, oh, well, you can fire the guy the next year. Because if Otani doesn't sign there. They, I mean, they're going to be among the very worst teams in baseball. Real quick, before we get into it, too, I asked uh, Drew this question the other day. Who has a – let's say that Otani leaves, and he's probably going to leave, and let's say Mike Trout gets traded. Who has a worst lineup to open the year na- next year, Oakland slash Las Vegas or the Angels? 
Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's a, yeah, there's, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's pitchers in the AL West are going to be come out <laughs> yeah. of those teams. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Even with the, you know, with the balanced schedule, you're still going to face them, face them more often. But yeah, I mean, I would, Angels have a couple interesting young guys, at least. I would probably yeah. still lean towards them having a slightly better lineup. Logan Ohapi hit like 20 home runs in September. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Zach, Zach Neto, hopefully, will yeah. take a step forward. Um, but yeah. Joe Adele. A, a troutless and Otaniless lineup. And what we presume is going to be a Rendonless lineup because he's just never in the lineup. Probably yeah. isn't going to be. Uh... Hey, but Joe Adele. Maybe maybe the Joe Adele breakout finally happens and the Angels win 58 games. Weirder things have happened. I will still be rooting for Joe Adele. Not a question of talent. It's just whether he can apply that talent over more than a few games. All right. Let's take a look at these. Uh, we're going to go over each wildcard series. Uh, we probably should close with the American League, but we're not going to. Let's get those ones out of the way. Um, let's it's, Or maybe we're just saving the National League for the end because I'll just be honest with you on paper. These look like major mismatches, but three game series, absolutely anything can happen. But let's start with Blue Jays twins. Uh, right now, the twins are a minus 125 to win the series, according to DraftKings. Uh, the two teams played six times, split each CR. The twins won one series, the Blue Jays won the other, a three and three record. You know, on paper, Ryan, I think the Blue Jays are one of the very best teams in baseball. They just haven't played like it for the majority of 2023. You know, kind of backed into the postseason a little bit, helped by the fact that, you know, Seattle collapsed, um, end up getting the sixth seed, a team that I think is more talented than a lot of teams in the postseason and certainly more talented than some teams that made the National League uh, postseason. But it just seems like the Blue Jays have not put things together in 2023. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we, it seems like we've been waiting for, especially the offense to just be a complete juggernaut and it just mm -hmm. hasn't happened. Um, the players that we're expecting to be play a big role in that being a juggernaut, they've all had their moments, but they've just never seemingly all done it at the same time or been healthy to all do it at the same time. Right. So, Vlad Guerrero is, didn't have a Vlad-esque season. You know, we uh, we thought, or most people thought, myself included, last year was kind of about the floor for Vlad Guerrero. Mm -hmm. Sure. Was still quite good, but he was worse this year. Um, still a major believer in him. Like, I, th oh, yeah. I think on, and the, I mean, the Blue Jays lineup obviously still has plenty of, Plenty of upside. Uh, Dalton yeah. didn't quite work out as they had hoped. He is providing a good glove and his was perfectly fine for fantasy perspective, mm -hmm. but real life perspective, not, not so great. Their pitching is still is pretty good. I mean, they, it, it was huge for them to secure that wild card spot on Saturday. That the way they can yes. push Osman back. For game one, that's mm -hmm. that's that's massive for them. Um, 
So they're going to go Gosman in game one, I presume, Jose, Jose Barrios in game two, and then Chris Bassett in game three, probably, if, if needed. I think this is probably the closest of all the wild card matchups. For sure. Um, and the odds that you mentioned, minus 25, 125 for the Twins, suggest as much as well. Um, I have the Twins as the favorite, and I'm kind of spoiling our picks that we're going to do going to do later. But yeah, I think it's I think this is definitely the most evenly matched and of all the of all the wild card series. And you know, with the caveat that any of these teams can beat any other teams, it's baseball, and there's it's a three game series, so you just never know. Right. But I, I think this is definitely the most evenly matched. But you know, on paper. I agree with you. The Blue Jays are probably better on paper, at least overall talent wise, but you know, I'm still giving the twins the edge, but you know, basically a coin flip this series, I think. Yeah. You know, I think that Minnesota is one of the most intriguing teams of the postseason, just because they have so much talent and so little of it has really done anything in the postseason with the exception of a guy I'm going to talk, ask you to talk about in just one second, a guy who's been in an awful lot of postseason baseball, and that could be a major factor. Um, but you take a look at that Minnesota. Like, they had the most quality starts of any major league team this year, and that rotation is going to be a tough one to deal with, I think. You know, it's probably a rotation I like more in a seven-game series or a five-game series just because, you know, I don't all due respect to Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. I don't think those guys are – fantasy are playoff aces you know what i mean like the guy yeah. that you're gonna get seven innings and one run and eight or nine strikeouts that type of thing that's not that's not the zach wheeler it's not that type of guy but they're pretty darn good you can expect six innings of two or three run baseball i'm curious to see if they will score enough runs in order for it to matter and so much of what they have going on right now is dependent on rookies like they are Edouard Julien, who we just love to say the name of on this podcast. Royce Lewis, you know, Matt Walner has provided offensive spark. And you don't know what you're going to get. And maybe we can just lead into it. We're going to talk about a key player for each series. You have Carlos Correa. And I think that's one of the reasons why Carlos Correa has to be one of the key players for the Twins. Yeah? Yeah. And we, we just don't know what to, what to expect out of him. You know, he, I believe... He said he's been dealing with the plantar fasciitis since May mm -hmm. and has just been playing through it. Um, they're them saying that he's not going to, not going to make it worse. Um, eventually early September, I think, was it there? Maybe late August, he went on the injured list and they say there was like a, I, I know the plantar fasciitis is weird because when you tear it, that's actually a good thing. They say, like that right. can just get rid that basically does the surgery for you essentially. And you're supposed to have less discomfort as a result of that. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but um, Interesting. <laughs> breaking news. Yes. Um, but you know, Carlos Correa obviously has not been himself um, this season. It's been pretty clear. He's had some moments, but you know, OPS, I think wind up just, in the 600s ish 18 home runs something like that just not not a great year right how he, he says he's feeling much better um 
is it enough to, is it better compared to, you know, just comparatively to how he's been feeling or does he feel close to 100%? I, I wouldn't expect him to say, you know, gosh, my foot's still really bothering me, but I'm just going to do my best. Um, but yeah, they, I think they're really going to need him to, to step up and be the Carlos Correa that he's been plenty in the, in the postseason with in his, during his time with the Astros. Another big reason for that is because Royce Lewis's status looks kind of iffy. Right. Um, coming back from the hamstring injury. We, he worked out today. Um, Twins beat writers seem to think that he, he'll probably be on the roster. At least that's the way I read it. Um, he went through work workouts and looked okay. Um, but, you know, you know, he's Royce Lewis, unfortunately, has dealt with plenty of injuries himself. Right. How healthy is that hamstring going to be? Um, so, but hopefully on the roster, hopefully he'll be fine because he's you know, super exciting and talent. Byron oh, yeah. Buxton looks like he's trending toward not, not being on the roster probably. Right. Um, he initially went on the IL back in early August with a hamstring issue, but it's been more of the kind of chronic at this point knee issue that he's he's been dealing yeah. with more recently. And if he does come back, it looks like a, the, the plans for uh, him returning to center field have pretty much gone by the wayside. So would his bat as a DH only, given their other options, if Royce Lewis is one of the, those options? Yeah. And given the long layoff, probably makes sense to at least sit in for a series, give him a little more time. But it's going to be interesting when they set those rosters. I believe at uh, 10 Eastern tomorrow, maybe 11 Eastern, yes. something like that. 10 Eastern tomorrow is when you have to set your playoff roster. And yeah, I, I everything you said, nail on the head. I, I think that uh, we definitely won't see Buxton play uh, unless they advance to the LDS. Uh, my key player for the Blue Jays is going to be Jose Barrios. I think that if they can get quality starts out of Barrios, they have a chance to do some real damage because I think you know what you're going to get from Gossman. I think you know what, for the most part, what you're going to get from Chris Bassett as well. Barrios to me is a little bit of a wild card and he had a nice season. And I think uh, we don't talk enough about how much trouble they would be. And I almost said a word we're not allowed to say on this podcast, how much uh, that would be the case if Barrios wasn't good because of how terrible Alec Manoa was this year. Like imagine Jose Barrios repeats 2022 um, with what you got from Malik Manoa in 2023. I think this team would have been in a lot of trouble, but it's still a guy that I kind of struggle to trust a little bit. There are very few six innings of two run baseball or six inning of three run baseball. There's a lot of seven innings of shutout baseball. There's a lot of five innings of four run baseball. You really, it's one of those things where you take a look at ERA and it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's also interesting, too. This is the team that traded him. This is the team that decided that they no longer wanted Jose Barrios as part of the rotation. I think that'll be a really interesting uh, factor as well. Chris, I we think taking, Barrios will. Are we taking a stroll down, down Meredith Street right now? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Sorry, I don't why know not? Are we taking a stroll down narrative street right here? Was my, yes, was we my are taking a we are taking a stroll down narrative street. And I said, why not to that? I heard you perfectly loud. 
um, and clear and crystal and all that stuff. Uh, and I think Barrios is going to pitch well, and I am going to go with the Blue Jays in three. I feel like this Twins team is a year away from being really good with all of the young talent. I think the Blue Jays are going to be, and you know, if you want to take a stroll down narrative street, I think some Blue Jays are pretty upset about what happened last year against the Seattle Mariners, blowing that absolutely massive lead that they had in game two and not winning a game while playing in front of their home crowd. Now they won't play in front of their home crowd in this series as well, but I just feel like Toronto is a little more capable of doing damage. Uh, I will take the Blue Jays as an upset in three games. Who you got? Yeah, you, you mentioned your Mariners. My condolences, by the way, to Thank uh, you, sir. them just just not quite making it so close. Don't go um, 38 and 42 to start a year and you might make postseason. <laughs> true enough. True enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unlike your Mariners, these twins have played really great ball in September. Yeah. Um, how much does that how much should that weigh into things? It, I would have to go back and look at do a lot of, of deep historical study on how much that actually matters. It seems like it kind of does. Uh, teams that have been playing better towards the end of the season, especially if you're kind of having to fight for a wild card, which the Twins, ironically, is they basically just coasted into the playoffs because their division is hot garbage, to put it uh, nicely. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I would guess I'm going to say the twins in three. Um, all of these games we should mention with the new wild card rules, their wild, wild card rules are all in Minnesota and they are all, yep. be, they're all in the same venue for all the entire series. They're playing Correct. three straight days and then we'll, then we'll move on to the, uh, to the LDS. But yeah, like I mentioned, I think this is the most evenly matched series of all the, all the wild card matchups, but I think, I'm going to roll with the with the twins. Totally makes sense. I think this will be the very best series. And I don't think this one, the next American League series, is a bad one. It's just not quite as even on paper, in my opinion. Uh, Rangers will take on the Rays. Now, I'll say this. This is probably the most surprising series that we have, just because based on all the, the possible matchups, based on magic numbers and stuff like that, I don't think anybody projected Rangers versus Rays being a postseason series uh, like a month ago. Certainly didn't project it uh, to start the year, but that's what we've got. Uh, Rangers did win this series four to games to two. Just a caveat with all of these. That's just something I'm mentioning that they did win four of two. A lot of these games took place a long time ago when teams were playing well or not playing well. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 155 to win this series. I'm super glad that Texas made the postseason, Ryan, because of the fact that they were rewarded for trying. They were rewarded for going out and spending a lot of money on the best middle infield in baseball, in my humble estimation. They were still rewarded even with the injuries to Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and John Gray. It's also one of the reasons why I have the most concern about the Rangers. But it was nice to see a team rewarded for trying. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Um you know, you're, we can, we can argue about how, how they ultimately spent the money and the trades that they made, um, whether they were smart, but, you know, sure. with as many teams as there are that aren't um, exactly 
yeah, spending the big bucks and sure. spending it on variety of reasons, their markets, <laughs> whatever, whatever else. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's good to see a team that's that's um, going for it and an aggressive owner, aggressive GM get rewarded for it. I do have concerns about how they're ultimately going to fare. Um, you mentioned the injury to John Gray. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jacob Jacob Degrom is long gone. Max Scherzer looked like he might um, kind of pull a rabbit out of a hat and maybe come back for the start of the postseason. He was in like two weeks, I believe, into a eight to twelve week timetable for that shoulder injury. Right. He was already thrown off the mound, uh, but now news comes out that he's kind of dialed it back to flat ground throwing. Um, they're not calling it a setback. He's still throwing on flat ground, as I mentioned, but doesn't look like he's a realistic possibility for the wild card series, certainly. Um, so we can't, we can't count on him providing anything. And the guy that I have as my, key to the series Nathan Avaldi who's been you know the Rangers best pitcher for what was the Rangers best pitcher this season for so long sure but just hasn't looked good at all since coming back from the injured list right and maybe he can rediscover that old form and that's why I put him in this spot because I think that's what they'll need they'll need a kind of a kind of a heroic playoff performance which he has done before um, mm-hmm. you might recall that 27 inning game or whatever it was the Red Sox Dodgers a few years back when Nathan Ovalli came out of the bullpen it was just one of the one of the better postseason games in recent memory he unfortunately wound up with the loss I believe in that in that game but um, still pitch awesome and I just don't know how much they can expect out of him you know you're looking at Jordan Montgomery has been fantastic, speaking of trade acquisitions. But beyond that, Evaldi looks iffy. Dane Dunning is going to be the number three, I guess, this series. Right. Um, I just don't have a ton of confidence in that in that rotation. And they cannot exactly shorten games because I have even less confidence in the bullpen. <laughs> Bullpen's awful. So a little worried about the Rangers. Well, I'm worried about the Rangers as well, but I will say that lineup's really good and they're going to be able to score some runs. And I will say, I don't love the Rays starting pitching staff. Like Tyler Glass now, pretty solid, although he hasn't pitched exactly. But had a nice start in the last one, but had a little bit of struggles in September in between that start and the 14 strikeout start, which was one of the most impressive starts I've seen this season. But, you know, Tyler Glass now and Zach Eflin are definitely beatable with that lineup I think the addition of Evan Carter has been absolutely massive for him I cannot tell you how impressed I've been like we talked about him on the daily shows that I liked him as a high floor guy uh high ceiling (laughs) high ceiling for sure he has been absolutely outstanding I'll be curious to see how he does Uh, my key player for the Rays is just going to be are we going to get playoff Randy because we've gotten playoff Randy an awful lot so far and I think he's really big for them in part because he's one of the few guys that they're not platooning. He's one of the few guys that's just in that lineup 
every single day, you know, you're going to see somehow the Rays have a 36 man roster and every other player is going to be platooned. It seems like outside of him and Yandy Diaz, really, who I think also is going to be important for this series as well, just getting on base. Um, but I think Yandy, uh, I think Randy's going to be really important for them if they want to make a deep postseason run because you need that star performance. And I don't know if you can count on any of these other guys to provide that star type offensive performance solid. Sure. But I don't know if I really trust platoon bats and postseason stuff in short series and stuff like that. They've been really good at it. Tampa Bay feels like to me, the ultimate team that is built for April to September and not necessarily built for October. It's worth pointing out. They just were fairly recently in a world series. So it's not like they're completely, uh, you know, terrible in that regard. But I do feel like this is more of a team that's built for the regular season. I'm still going to pick the Rays, though, just because they're playing at home and just because I can't trust this Texas pitching staff right now. I think if the series was reversed and it was in Texas, I might consider picking Texas. But Tampa Bay has been as good as anyone at home, literally. They're 53-28, and 28, Ryan. That's exceptional play. Texas 40-41 and 41 on the road. Not so good. I will take the Rays. I will say Texas gets one game. Maybe I just want three games to be played, but I'll go with the Rays in three. Yeah, I, I suppose they're probably the only team that enjoys playing at Tropicana Field. And that maybe <laughs> part, of their, part of that home field advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, underestimate the Rays at your own peril. We've we've learned that over the years. It's it's completely a a fair point though that you make that they're they look like a team that's you know playing the percentages and they're sure they're betting on those percentages to eventually work out their way right over the course of a 162 game season we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does that yeah. work out during the postseason? I think they'll be the first to tell you it's a it's a complete crapshoot. Yes, you do, you do look at that. You look at the Rays lineup, and you you wonder like it, it's just not very exciting. 
Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, um, you know, Randy Arozarena, does he have that magical performance in him again? Arozarena and Yanni Diaz, by the way, both a little banged up coming into the postseason. They, they both Good did point. return to action late in the in the regular season, but a little dinged up, missed, missed some action um, down the stretch. So that's – I think Yanni Diaz seemed like more the – if there was any of those two to worry about as far as health goes, he's probably right. more of the one to worry about. He's dealt with a hamstring injury, I believe. But yeah, I mean, it's a totally a fair point that I, with the lineup um, playing the matchups, we don't know also if, if uh, Luke Rayleigh and Jose Siri are going to be on the roster. They're yep. kind of like a kind of coin flips. Is Junior Camonero, is he could he be a potential X factor? Yeah. Um, but you know, that would be a big ask of the guy who is 20 years old skipping over AAA over triple A. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I the edge for me, I do think Glass now is a pretty big he he's the one pitcher, one starting pitcher on either staff that could you know, just win a game by himself, I think. Sure. Um, I think Eflin and Montgomery, fairly similar. And I'm going to give the a massive, massive edge to the Rays' bullpen. Yeah. Um, and we know that yeah. Kevin Cash doesn't, you know, just doesn't shy away from playing those matchups. He gets no. short in the game. Even if that Rangers – offense which is very formidable as we mentioned manages to get out to a lead how much do we trust that bullpen to hang on to it especially as you mentioned in that environment the rays play well at home i'm gonna go with the rays in two on this fair that totally fair we'll probably get a two-game series in the american league and if it was going to guess that one of those series was going to be two I would guess that one. Uh, We're going to take a look at the National League series because we have to. But first, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. All right, let's take a look at those National League series. And the first one we're going to profile is Marlins versus Phillies. Just like everybody predicted to start the year, Marlins versus uh, Phillies. Phillies are minus 185 to win this series. For those unfamiliar, To win $100, you would have to bet $185 on the Phillies. Uh, Marlins did win win the series against them. They go 7-6 and against them, fairly even. I don't think this is very even on paper. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think either of these series is very even on paper. I think there is a clear-cut top four in the National League. It's Atlanta. It's the Dodgers. It's the Brewers. It's the Phillies. I think you can argue the order of three and four if you want, but it's pretty clear that those are the top four teams and these other two teams should just be very thankful that they're playing in the postseason. Yeah. The Marlins, you know, they have a, they very much have the feel of a team that's going to be happy that they made it. And it's going to be a very quick exit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's in large part, no fault of their own. I mean, right. Oh, lose- totally. You lose Sandy Alcantara, you lose Yuri Perez. They had just an absolute mess of an end of the season in regards to rainouts and suspended games and 
it, but they, and they managed to pull it out, managed to squeeze into the playoffs. Um, but I just, I can't, as we mentioned, it's a three game series. Anything can Anything happen. happen. Yep. The Marlins took the season series by a, by a game, as you mentioned, I just don't see this going any other way other than Phillies in two, but you know, I've been surprised before. Um, Jesus Lazardo's really good. Yeah, he is capable of putting together just a, a big performance and kind of um, putting them on our, on his shoulders for a game. You know, we've seen the guy that you're going to mention here is your playoff key. He's been a huge part of the back end of that Marlins bullpen. Um, yeah. If you can hand it straight from Lazardo to Mr. Tanner Scott, you know, maybe yep. that's enough to eke out a game and then you never know what could happen after that. But I just, I, I can't see the Phillies like letting this one slip away. No, it's, it's a team with postseason experience. It's a team that has been playing better, getting Trey Turner um, going again, you know, you take a look at Kyle Schwarber's batting average and you're going to say he stinks. And I'm going to tell you, you stink because you're looking at batting average too much. Kyle Schwarber had a fantastic season, 343 on base percentage and 47 homers that will more than play. Um, yeah. My key to the series is Tanner Scott. If they can eke out some leads, if they can get the, the ball to him in those high leverage situations, and I don't think he'll be closing. I think David Robertson will get those chances for them after they gave up, um, you know, a pretty darn good prospect package in order to get him as well. But I think that you will see they use Scott in very high leverage situations. Ryan, this was a reliever who posted 3.6 war. That's really hard to do. Like for a pure flat out reliever, struck out over 100 batters in just over 75 innings, um, has elite swing and miss stuff. They also have guys like, you know, AJ Puck faltered, but, you know, he does have the ability to miss bats. Um, Nardi is another reliever that I think is talented. And, you know, there's a reason why they were 31 and 11 in one run games this year, Ryan. And part of it is because it's not an elite bullpen. And you take a look at their bullpen ERA, which was 4.37, which isn't good by any stretch of the imagination. It's near the bottom. But I don't think that's indicated of how, how much talent they have in the back end of this stuff. By the way, imagine me telling you that Miami was in the postseason and Sandy Alcantara has not nothing to do with it. But I think if we would have told you that, you would think he was having like an eight-win season type of thing, 1.6 ERA, uh, 250 strikeouts, like career-high type stuff. But no, they're relying on young arms, and this is fun to see because like, I was a big Braxton Garrett fan coming out of his draft, and he's been very solid for them. And I was a big Hazel's Lizardo fan as well. And it's nice to see him live up to the promise. Um, I think one of your keys might be one of the reasons why Miami might have a chance. Um, talk about Aaron Nola. Yeah, I picked Aaron Nola just because, you know, he kind of falls into the same bucket, I think, as uh, – Jose Barrios, who we talked about yeah. earlier in that he's just been so hit or miss. Yeah. Um, I, Aaron Nola has a good postseason track record. He's got a good overall track record. You know, I it's possible that I, I think Rob Thompson could have a fairly quick 
hook with him. And one of the reasons why I have a lot of confidence in the Phillies is I really like that bullpen. Yeah, Even weird with to say, Chris isn't it? Kimbrell struggling somewhat down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado has been amazing. Uh, Jeff Hoffman has been a revelation out of that bullpen. Awesome. Orion Kirkering, am I saying yes. that correctly? Beautiful that name. Stuff is just yeah, sick. Like I mean, he he's gonna be like every year. It seems like there's always a reliever that comes out of nowhere to the casual fan. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy's gonna be a dominant closer for the next ten years, and he might be that guy for this for this postseason. He's got just electric stuff. I think the the Phillies have the ability to to shorten games. I like Zach Wheeler a lot at the top of the rotation, and it it almost seems like I'm being dismissive of Aaron Nola. It's like even if he flops, the Phillies are going to be fine, and I, it's no guarantee that he's going to flop. He's proven over yeah. the course of a long career that he's can be awfully good as well, and has done it in the postseason. So, and the Phillies offense, I think, is. Like they have the, I I always hate to use this this term. Like they seem like they just have the like the it factor. Mm-hmm. Like they, it, it's a team with very good vibes. Like it seems like they could go into, they're going to go into the postseason with a ton of confidence. They've been playing well down the stretch. I don't think they're going to need a ton of confidence, frankly, to win this series. Right. They will need it for the next one, I believe. Oh yeah. And, you know. We'll we'll talk about the we'll talk about the Braves at some point. They're they're not they they very much earned their uh, their yes they their buy this round. Yeah, um, but I do think that's a potential awesome matchup looming between those two teams. But you know, God bless the Marlins for making it. I I do think it's going to be a very short uh, short stay in the postseason for them. Yes, I think so. I think we're both saying Marlin or uh, Phillies in two in this one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you just have to. And I kind of hope we're wrong. I'd love to see uh, a three-game series. I'm not rooting against the Phillies or anything like that. I'm necessarily rooting for the Marlins. I just want to see as much postseason baseball as possible. But I think we're going to get a short season series there, and I think we might get a pretty short series in this next one too. Uh, Diamondbacks versus Brewers. Uh, Brewers are minus 170 to win this series. Diamondbacks did win this series uh, four games to two. Um, some matchups early on when Milwaukee wasn't playing very well, but still fairly interesting. I guess the one thing I'll say about the Diamondbacks, and you know, you're going to talk about your key player because he's pretty key since he's starting that very first game. Um, the nice thing is, if you can find a way to win that first game, you've got a couple of pretty darn good starting pitchers going after that in Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, and you do have like one of the star rookie seasons that I've ever seen in Corbin Carroll. I mean, probably the second best season I've seen from a rookie, not including uh, people who have come over internationally, like just as a pure actual rookie, as good as it gets, 54 stolen bases, um, 25 homers, I believe it was, was consistent all season. There's some star there. But then you look at Milwaukee, Ryan, and you want to talk about a team that is built for the postseason. And when we're talking about built for the postseason, what we're really saying is starting pitching. And I'm not sure anybody has a better one through three than Milwaukee does right now. Uh, Chris, 
It sounds like you might have missed a bit of news, buddy. From oh show. no, Brandon Woodruff, not 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 so good, Bob. Shoulder injury, very oh. much a question mark for the entire postseason. Craig Council, uh. yeah, dealing with a capsule issue with his shoulder, I believe they said which I think is what he dealt with last year, was it? Mm, I'm, so uh, I'm seeing shoulder, it right now. Shoulder has yeah. been an issue for him in the past. And honestly, I think that injury flips the series for me. Like I, I, I was going to pick the Brewers going into it, but like that, that's just a potentially crushing injury for them. Um, hmm. You know, the game one matchup uh, is so lopsided from a pitching perspective. Yeah. Corbin Burns and Brandon Fott, who I have Brandon Fott as my key player because if they could manage to steal that game, like that's would bode very well for the Diamondbacks, obviously. It's going to, anytime in a three game series, you win the first game, you're the overwhelming favorite to, to, to win the series. But yeah, the Brandon Woodruff injury is potentially crippling, I think, for for the Brewers. Um, they still have a good option in Freddie Peralta to go in game two. Oh, yeah. Um, Wade Miley is now their number three. Very gettable. Um, you know, Brandon Fott did pitch pretty well down the stretch. I mean, this is more, though, obviously, just a – the case of the Diamondbacks needing to use their top two starters and Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly earlier in order to wrap up that postseason position. And it just happened to fall to Brandon Fott. That's why he's he's going in game one. But you know, he has the potential to to shove, as the kids say. Do the kids still say that? And yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh and kind of steal a game. Um, you know, even if he can't, though, I, I as I mentioned, you know, I, I just don't have any confidence in the Brewers lineup at all. Fair. Um, the starting pitching and the bullpen advantage as well um, is just very much in the Brewers' corner. Oh, yeah. The Woodruff injuries, I think, could – could potentially even things out somewhat in that regard. The one thing still holding me back is that one ma- that game one matchup is just so lopsided wow. from a pitching perspective. So lopsided. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be very difficult for the Diamondbacks to win that game. But I'm I'm gonna go with Diamondbacks in three. Who's your Who's I'm, your key player the series? For me, the key player is just an outfielder not named Christian Yelich doing something. It's cheating a little bit. But it can can one of those young outfielders step up? Is Garrett Mitchell capable of stepping up? Is someone young on that outfield capable of doing some damage? Or if it's not, you got to get something from uh, the infield. Um, I think that they have more star power with their bats than maybe people get. Star power might be the wrong word, but William Contreras has been really good this year. Christian Yelich has had a really nice bounce back for them. Um I would also say this, a key flair. If I was going to predict somebody to become a star from this postseason, Abner Uribe. I think Abner Uribe has a chance to be that breakout guy. Now, look, I have just as much idea of where his pitches are going as he does at this point. But the difference is his stuff 
is just he really reminds me of Matt Brash without the filthy slider. It's more based on his heater, but it's a pretty darn good pitch, too. They both, though, have control issues, but I could see him being a star. And Ryan, you know, look, I get like the loss of Woodruff, which obviously I was not aware of, and I appreciate you bringing that up. It would have been nice to know it before we started. You could have said, hey, Chris, did you know Brandon Woodruff's out? But no, Ryan was selfish, and he waited to tell me and embarrass me in the middle of the podcast. Wade Miley's been really good this year. He has a 3.14 ERA. Say what you want about ERA. He's been really strong. I think he's just as good as Merrill Kelly in this thing. And the Arizona pitching staff outside of Gallon and Kelly is a trash fire. With all due respect to Paul Seawald, who I love and I would love to see take home a ring, they're just such a crappy bullpen outside of those guys that I think that they're going to be able to, as long as like Milwaukee's in some games, they're going to be able to take advantage of the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning and the fact that these games are going to be at home. I'm still going to go with Brewers in two. Hopefully Woodruff can make that return for the LDS because without him, I don't think they have any shot of beating the Dodgers in that next series. And I'm sure the Dodgers are just licking their chops to see if the Diamondbacks can advance to that next series. Um, that might be the most obvious three-game. Uh, and, you know, baseball, lots of weird things can happen, but it'd be very hard to pick the Diamondbacks to win that one so that's our we've got a couple differences you've got the twins uh beating the blue jays and you've got the diamondbacks being the brewers so that's fun oh by the way ryan do you root for the st louis cardinals and do you have any um information about how you feel about the milwaukee brewers <laughs> you know i'm not i have no <laughs> ill will towards the brewers really cubs i really, fair. Just, hate, cubs I really fair. just hate the cubs if i'm being yeah. honest yeah, sure. Is growing up a, a Cardinals fan. You, know, you have to. There have been it's moments, long. certainly moments with the Brewers, with the with the Reds over the years. They've <laughs> had the years where they um, have had their stuff with the Cardinals, and I've. It's been more individual players, I think, that I didn't wasn't crazy about from those teams. But as just as far as a uniform as a team goes, it's those Northsiders who uh, I told. I totally understand. It'd be fun if the Mariners could have like that rivalry that you like a close rivalry, you know, that would be, it's, it'll maybe never maybe happen. Maybe the when Mar a team lands in Portland, you'll have that nice regional. Oh gosh. The amount of work that the Mariners are going to do to make sure that never happens. I'm tired thinking about the work they're going to do to make sure that never happens, but it would be an awful lot of fun. All right, let's make our world series predictions, Ryan. So you have got the twins, the Rays, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks moving on. I won't make you go through all the LDS. You can if you want, um, but who do you have going to the World Series? And if you want to, who do you got winning it? You know, it, it's so top heavy, I think, yeah. in the National League. Um, as far as in the National League's favor, as far as the elite teams go. Mm -hmm. um that's but I, I i mean i can't pick against the braves like i think the phillies have a very legitimate chance of beating the braves if they're matched up like i think the phillies are primed and a, a potentially for a deep run again mm -hmm. I mean, they made it to, the, to the world series last year um 
you know, I think they could beat the Braves, certainly. But the Braves, I mean, Marcelo Zuna is like their seventh best hitter, and he hit 40 home <laughs> runs this year. Like, I mean, the lineup is just so scary. Um, and it seems like they're going to get – There doesn't seem like there's any concern at this point about Max Freed not being ready uh, for the LDF. Seems like he's going to be fine. Hopefully they'll get Charlie Morton back as well. Um, I just think the Braves, whoever comes out of the AL, I, I have to pick the Braves just on, I mean, I'm going to take the field over the Braves, but if you're making me pick one team, I'm picking the Braves against anyone. As far as the American league goes, I, I'm going to go a little off board here, which is weird to say because they've been to six straight ALCS, but I'm going to pick the Astros in the American yeah. league. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason for that, you know, is just because the uncertainty in the, in the American league in general. Oh yeah. We mentioned that, you know, the Rays have been, been one of the better teams all year. The Rangers have been one of the better teams in the American league all year, but we've mentioned kind of a litany of potential issues with both of those teams. For sure. We have not talked about the Orioles yet. Um, you know, I think their rotation's actually a little underrated. I think they could be okay there, but Felix Bautista not in the, that bullpen anymore. Huge. Yeah, Yenier Cano has had a fantastic year, but he kind of stumbled a little bit down the stretch. Right. Um, I think the bullpen is is gettable, and you know, I'm, I'm picking the Astros. Like I, I'm doing it with a very low level of confidence. Um, but I still think they might be the most talented team on paper in the American league. Um, still have a lot of faith in that, in that lineup. Christian Javier has looked better of late, which could be a potential huge boost for them. If he can figure things out, got JV at the, and Fromber at the, at the front end of the rotation. So I'm going to go with, with admittedly some trepidation with the Astros and the Yale, but then the Braves are going to win the world series in two games. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the smart pick. I will point this out. I learned this from Jeff Passan not that long ago, only 14 of the last 54 teams with the best record in baseball have ended up winning the world series, which is, you know, those 14 teams were obviously pretty good and the Atlanta could be one of those teams, but, I hate the word crapshoot. I especially hate the word crapshoot when it's used to describe the MLB draft because that's nonsense. But the postseason might be a crapshoot, Ryan. It might be. It might just be based on, it might be closer to the NCAA tournament than it is to the postseason in football. It might be more based on right matchups and getting hot at the right time and a little bit of luck in order to become that very best team. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm going to pick my World Series is I am going to pick the Blue Jays to be the sixth seed and to come out and they're going to beat the Astros. I like their starting pitcher more than a starting pitching more than I like Houston. The fact that Christian Javier has not looked like a good option right now is really big for them. It's great to have Verlander and Valdez. It's great to have that rest that you'll be able to set up for that stuff. 
the three, four, five of that scares the heck out of me with the Astros right now. I actually like what Houston or Toronto is going to be able to put out there a little bit better and a similar style of bullpen. So I'm going to go with Toronto and then I'm going to go with the Phillies to win the American National League. I just think this is a team that is built for October that has had that success. You know what the main reason I'm doing it, Ryan? It's the 30-year anniversary of one of my favorite World Series of all time. The Blue Jays and Phillies met in 1993. Uh, This was when I was 10 years old. Goodness gracious, I'm old. Uh, And I I became a baseball fan because of the Atlanta-Minnesota World Series. Like, I kind of knew what baseball was, but, like, became a fan because of that. But I really, really invested in baseball because of that series. I am fascinated by the 1993 Philadelphia Phillies. It is the ugliest group of people ever put together, not just on a baseball field, but just overall. Go to the baseball reference page and look at the ugliest group of people that have ever been put together. You will find it on the Philadelphia Phillies team. Turns out that one of them is a pretty ugly person inside as well. I could go on a long rant about that dude as well. Hope you're not listening, Kurt. Um, Actually, I hope you are, and you know how I feel about you. But it is like I am fascinated by that team, and I think that would just be so fun to get a World Series rematch 30 years later between a team that has a bunch of star power, some fun personalities with Philadelphia and Toronto as well. And I will go with the Philadelphia Phillies to win the World Series. Uh, Four games to three. Mitch Williams allows a home run to Joe Carter, um, but the opposite happens. We'll have – uh, Jordan Romano give up a home run to uh, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm, game-winning World Series homer in Game Seven. Yeah, I was I was going to ask who's the who's going to be the Joe Carter, but you're going with the uh, with the other team. So yes, well, that would be interesting. I didn't think about that uh, that little anniversary. I, I like the I like the Phillies pick. As I mentioned, I think they could knock off the Braves. Like they might, I might like them the second best of any team. Uh, going into the postseason and by the way we didn't mention the Dodgers I mean that's a fantastic baseball team as well with a ton of star power and I think they will get to the LCS but that rotation is just kind of tough to trust you know the the heinous Julio Julio Arias stuff um Kershaw you know there's been lots of good whether people want to admit it or not there's been lots of bad too in the postseason and he just doesn't have quite that same stuff uh I think if Milwaukee was to play them and they have a healthy Brandon Woodruff, that's a fantastic series. And like star pitchers against star hitters, I would love to see it. Nothing would surprise me this year outside, honestly, of Miami and Arizona. Just I cannot see them doing much damage, but absolutely nothing's going to surprise me in the American League. Very little's going to surprise me in the National League. You know, Atlanta, it's worth pointing out, you know, Charlie Martin's injury situation. Max Freed is going to be on a long amount of rest if he is able to pitch. Spencer Strider has not been very good lately, but that lineup, <laughs> that lineup is just so stupid that it may not matter. Uh, curious what your guys' thoughts are. Um, make sure you at Ryan to tell him what you think about. I I'm not I'm not available, but absolutely at Ryan to tell him what you think will happen. Thank you so much for listening to the Road to Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on that website at Crawford underscore MILB. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. We will be back next Monday. It'll be, I believe, Drew and I uh, on Monday uh, talking about what we saw 
the start of the LCS, and I'll probably make fun of the Cardinals because that's just I didn't do it very much in this episode. I just did not get a chance to do it very much in this episode. I will save it for Monday. Thanks again, everybody, and we will see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com